Praise the Lord. How many are doing well today? Blessed and highly favored. Amen. I tell you, um, the last couple weeks have been so incredible here at Faith Builders, and it's only going to grow more in what God's going to do. Amen. We are seeing incredible move and miracles, bona fide miracles of God. Um, I guess our men met Friday night, and they had some, these guys found freedom. How many of you men enjoyed Friday night? I know that there was so much deep, deep freedom, and I believe that's what the Lord is doing in this season. It's not emotional. How many would rather have God go deep than just make you feel good? Amen. And so God's going deep in this hour, and it's a good thing because he's getting all that garbage off of us so that we can be free and receive all that God has for us in this season. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. i got to catch my breath. I don't know why. Pray for your pastor. I need to start running or something. You think prayer shouldn't wear me out, should it? It should give me strength, but... Anyway, we are starting four weeks, the fourth week of Detoxing Your Soul. How many have enjoyed this series? I hope that you have. And if you've missed any of it, I just encourage you to jump online and catch it online because it all kind of just pieces together that God is definitely cleaning his church up of all of the garbage. And so I saved this one for last because today's message may be something that will challenge us. Challenge us where we're at in our spiritual walk with God. And so as I share this morning, and I probably don't even have to say this because you know what kind of preacher I am, but I'm not coming from a place of condemnation, amen? You know that I am not a sin-conscious preacher. I don't believe in doing that, but I also believe that God is challenging his kids right now so that we can expose the hidden things that we are sweeping under the carpet for God to bring the truth in our life. How many want truth? Amen? We want truth, and so my message this morning is titled, The Seduced Soul, and it's going to come a little different way than you probably, I'm not talking about seduction this morning, so you can take a deep breath, but I'm talking about areas that God wants to challenge us in and and to expose our hearts in, and also, I believe we serve a God of balance. God is balanced. I'm fortunate I was raised in a Christian environment where my parents were balanced in their walk with Christ. They weren't too crazy spiritual flying off the, you know, the, whatever they're called, chandeliers. And they weren't just too, um, you know, worldly where they were, you know, compromising. I was really raised in a home of balance, of enjoying the world we live in, but also walking with Jesus. So we can enjoy all the pleasures of the world. We're just going to set that platform. God gave us this beautiful world to live in, but we have to balance it with our relationship with Jesus. And we got to find that balance because the church of Jesus Christ, the church, has had unbalanced scales in the last 10 years. You know, we've been living a life where we're really focused on the world and the pleasures of the world, and yet our balance with Jesus has gotten off kilter. And I believe what the Spirit is doing is balancing the church back again. Amen. So it may challenge us today. So I've learned in my walk with Jesus that the messages that I need to hear the most are the most challenging and possibly hardest to hear. So all I'm asking is that you open up your ears and hear what the Spirit has to say, not what Barb Pruitt has to say, because every one of you will hear a different portion of this message today that is going to awaken you in your heart, amen. And as we begin to talk about these things that were seduced into the world is let's be careful that we just don't brush it off, you know, go, oh, well, yeah, I know she said that, but let's really say, okay, God, here I am challenge my heart, 
you know, trouble my heart for the things that trouble you and allow God to speak to you. Amen. So we're going to pray. Lord, show us. Amen. Show us what you have to say. So I believe that the enemy roams around, right, as a lion seeking whom he may devour. And there's a roaring, there's a, a roaming of the enemy right now to bring distractions to the church of Jesus Christ. Especially in the last year and a half, if it wasn't, you know, COVID, if it wasn't politics. You know, there's all these things that have been such a, a loud roar in our world. And God wants us to come back to hear his voice and to hear his spirit in this season, right? So in our soul, as we're talking about detoxing our soul, our soul will, our soulish realm will sometimes settle for substitutes. And this is the danger of walking with Jesus, is our soul is longing for things. We're longing for gratification. We're longing for fulfillment. We're longing for desires. And what happens is when those scales are off, we are seduced by the counterfeit. And the counterfeit begins to get our attention. And then when we give the counterfeit all this attention, what happens is we still wake up unhappy. We still wake up with our soul very low because we are not in alignment with the word of God. Amen. So let's talk about that. I'm going to read the first commandment to you in Exodus. And I'm going to start in Exodus 20 verse 2. And this is such an important place to start because God says this. He said, I am the Lord your God. Let's just start right there. He's starting everything out to his children. I am the Lord your God. And he went on to say, who which brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of bondage. And what we have to remember as we are following Jesus, that it is God that brought us out of bondage. It is God that broke the sin out of our life. It is God that broke addictions. Most of you have been serving Jesus a good amount of time to know that it was God that showed up in your life. And whatever the world is throwing at us today, we always have to go back to our source, which is the great I am. God says, I'm the one who delivered you, not the pleasures of the world, not the family that you have here on earth, which is good, and we'll get to all of that, not the finances, not the pleasures of the world. He said, I am the one who brought you out. And we as the church have to go back to our created being and start looking at the one who created us. God is the I am. Matter of fact, he's the great I am. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega, amen? And he's the one who knows the story of your life. And we've got to get some of our focuses balanced back to Jesus and not the things of this world. Not the things that we wish we had, not the things we're striving for. I just tell you, the church needs to stop striving right now and get our eyes on Jesus, if we can put Jesus in the front of us, if we can make Jesus number one, if we can make the house of the Lord number one, he said, if you seek me first, everything else will be added unto you. I feel like the church needs to step out in some crazy faith and say, I'm going to put Jesus in front of me. He's in front of my marriage. He's in front of my finances. And I'm going to make him number one in my family. My family's going to be in the house of the Lord every Sunday. Unless you're on vacation. But you know what I'm saying. Not an option. But when, I'm here, when I can be here, I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. I don't care how I feel. I'm going to put Jesus first. 
And when you put the great I am first, everything else begins to trickle down into the will of God. But he had to remind the children of Israel, I'm the one. So it goes on to say, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourselves an idol in any form. Do you know every time the children of Israel would have a miracle from God and then Moses would go to the mountaintop and pray or, or God delayed his promises, every time they built idols before God. And whenever we as the church, and you think, well, I don't have an idol in my life, but in America we have so many things that have become our focus before God. And God is saying, I don't want you to build up any idol in any form. Right? We're going to talk a lot about this this morning. In heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. There's a tendency in the world for us to look at other things that gets our attention, gets our energy, gets our finances, gets our time, and we have forgot to put God in the first position. And whenever God is not number one and all your energy is poured into one area too much, that thing has become an idol in the eyes of God. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm not saying this for an applause, and I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. I'm saying this to expose some things in our life. We wonder why we're on a merry-go-round. We wonder why we're spinning in mud. It's because somewhere in our life we're looking at the things that we think is our strength instead of looking at Jesus. And putting him in the center. And that's why the enemy is wiping our tails out all the time. Is because we're looking at the things of the world. We're looking at what we think we need to change. And Jesus says, I don't care about any of that. I just care about you. Because I don't want any idols before me. See, God doesn't want anybody in his place. He wants to be the only one. So idols are this. They're anything that you give your life to or you pour every ounce of your energy into it. And it's time to shift that up, isn't it? So why is it that our soul is vulnerable to connect to idols? It's because our soul was created to connect with the living God. Our soul was created to worship God. And that's why when you come into church and the first 30 minutes we're here, you probably feel like you took a deep breath. You probably feel really good. You're ready to go take on the world, aren't you? One minute at the altar. I mean, literally, you had two seconds laid on you, and the Spirit of God set you free. Why? Because we were created to worship. I was created to know God. I was created to have a connection this way. And when this is broken, everything else begins to go into default. Everything else is shaking ground. And if things are shaking and you're unsure and you're overwhelmed and you've got this darkness going on, get connected back to God. Amen. And get rid of these idols in our life. We are worshipers. It's not something we do. It's who we are. Isn't that beautiful? That's why we need the church. That's why we need each other. We need worship. And whenever our soul aligns to anything else in the world, we are not satisfied. And the enemy will always seduce us into something that is a counterfeit. And listen, counterfeits look really good, don't they? They look good. They feel good. They feel right. But they are temporary. Because they will wane away, and that counterfeit thing that made you feel good or satisfied that empty part of your soul, you will wake up miserable because it's really not what God is trying to get to you. It's what God is trying to connect with you. Should I say that again? That was like really good. 
<laughs> I don't know if what I said. <laughs> it was good. God's not trying to connect you with things. He's trying to get something to you through him. He just wants us to change our focus a little bit. Amen. So what happens, our souls are empty. And so I did a teaching on Wednesday night on E412, but it was about discipline. That if you really want change, if you really want to be somewhere different, you're going to have to discipline that area of your life. We're going to have to reel it in. Amen. So the Bible says, no other gods before me. So let's look at this in Deuteronomy 4.16. It says this. So do not corrupt yourselves by making an idol in any form. That word um, corrupt means to spoil or ruin or pervert yourself. Don't spoil what God has for you as a kingdom kid by building an idol here on earth in any way. Amen? Anything that gets any glory besides God has become an idol in our life. This scripture goes on to say, makes a list of whether of a man or a woman, right? We have to be careful that even our husbands and our wives are not the most important thing in our life. Now, are they important? Absolutely. But they are not the most important thing. If your spouse doesn't want to serve Jesus, you serve Jesus. If your spouse doesn't want to read the Bible, you read the Bible. If they don't want to come to church, you come to church. Amen? Why? Because nothing is an idol in front of me and my God. And then you allow God to work out the rest, right? So don't, let corrupt, don't corrupt yourself by making an idol, whether it be a man or a woman, an animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, a small animal that scurries along the ground, or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the forces of heaven, don't be seduced into worshiping them. Now, when you look at this in modern, in the modern world today, what do we see here just in this portion? We see new age. We see witchcraft. We see sorcery. I've been talking about this for two weeks. The church needs to quit opening up to the demonic realm instead of the supernatural realm of the kingdom of the great I am. Amen. I was watching this show on Netflix the other day. I'm, I'm a series girl. I love series. So I started watching this series. And have you ever been watching something and your spirit's like, ooh, something doesn't feel right. You're not really watching. Nothing's like horrible, but you're like, ugh. And so I got through like two or three of it, disobedient. I just kept watching it. And uh, I turned it off. And later I was doing some research um, about the supernatural realm. So I got on the Satanic Church website because they have one, and I'll talk more about this later, but um, they were promoting that movie. It's a satanic witchcraft movie that the satanic church is promoting. But here it is right in front of me. It's entertaining, right? It's sorcery. It's an idol, and I, I had to renounce it. I called it sin, and I actually canceled Netflix. I'm done with it because there's just too much witchcraft and stuff on there. That's my story. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I'm saying is we can be seduced into worshiping the things of this world and not being discerning with what's going on in the world and getting our attention back on Jesus. So we got to be careful palm reading you know, horoscopes, all those things that we think are playful is a worship to the devil instead of worshiping God. Listen, I don't need the world to tell me my horoscope. I don't care what my November 13th, my birthday's coming up. I don't care. Let's do a little plug there. <laughs> 
I don't care. I just care what Jesus says about me. I care what the great I am says. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The answer that we need is not in the world. It's in the word of God. Woo! Let's get back to the great I am. Amen? The word of God. Don't be seduced into the world and to what the world says is okay because the enemy will lull the church to sleep. Right? So you look back in the Old Testament, you clearly understood idolatry, right? They had golden calves, you know, they had cedar poles, statues, the moon and the sun. And in us today, it seems irrelevant, right? It seems silly that those are obvious things that we are not going to probably build up as Christians, right? But if you look in America, you can see so much idolatry. If you just look at it through the eyes of, you know, not religion, or, but just look at our world and everything that we laud before God. And again, listen, it's not about enjoying the things of this world. It's just what we put before God. It's what we raise up as supreme in our life. God says, enjoy it. It's all yours. But what has taken precedent before? It's now become supreme, the most important thing in your life, instead of God becoming the most important thing. So if you just look in the world today, I mean, look at America. We, we idolize sports. It's quiet in here. Enjoy your sports. Hear me by the Spirit. We don't idolize them. We don't put it before God. When I was being raised in the church, we were at church on Sunday. No sports was before God. I know that's hard to swallow. You're like, but be nice, PB. No, I'm just telling you. I'm serving Jesus today, 52 years old woman of God, because my parents portrayed God was number one in our house. Period. Now, did we go and play in vacations? Absolutely. I'm just trying to poke those little bears on the inside of you, right? Let's awaken that. We have many things, right? Many things. I don't even need to go into all of it. But if you look at the Afghanistan and all the tragedy that that went through, one of the big things that I researched so deep because my heart was so grieved was the Christians that were left in Afghanistan. And, you know, I, I heard reports, oh, they've been slain. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe all that. So I finally got in touch with a friend who has uh, missions on the ground there. And I asked him, I said, what is going on with the Christians? Are they terrified? Are they hiding out? And he said, absolutely not. He said, because of this, they are so excited. They're going to run to the neighboring nations, and they're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're not hiding. They're not afraid. They have risen up as the church to go use this opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, man, that blessed me. And here we live in free America. Right now, anyway, we need to pray for our nation, amen? We need to pray for the freedom of our nation and the liberty of Jesus to stand in our nation. But I'm just saying, we live in a country where we can boldly declare Jesus. We can come to church today and worship and not have to hide underground. I think Quinny was just telling me in China, they took the Bible app off of their phones. They have no access to Bible online anymore. And yet the church isn't dead the church isn't, isn't afraid. They're underground, and they're winning people to Jesus, and they're being filled with the Holy Spirit because there are people who kept their eyes on the great I am. Amen? We need to be like that in America. Yes, enjoy it all. But let's not be seduced, amen, by the things that are good things and make them supreme things. It's a balance, Balance the scale of your life. And listen, you are the only one who can balance your soul. 
I cannot tell you what you need to do or not need to do. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But balance the soul. Ask God, Lord, where am I off that I just need to invite you back in my world a little bit? Maybe I need to worship at home. Maybe I need to read my Bible. Maybe I need to study. Whatever it is, find the balance of the scales so whatever has become big in our life needs to be leveled before us. Amen. And what happens is those idols sneak up without us even realizing it. They just sneak up. And all of a sudden we're living in this world of putting God number two, even though we're coming to church and we love God, but we can put him number two if we're not careful. Amen. So let's look at Mark 8.36. It says, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? I think I read that last week. So what do we do? How do we dethrone the idols of our soul? Number one, and this is where I'm going to challenge all of us because God is challenging me. Identify the idols of your soul. You have to identify them. Is it a person? Is it, you know, your job and overachieving in your job? Is it your family unit that the family's everything and then God's number two? What is it? You have to identify what that is. Amen. What have we elevated to the supreme place in our life that ranks higher than the one true God? It can be the disappointment we prayed off of you today. That can be an idol because you're living in all that disappointment and you're not looking into Jesus. Amen. Failure can be an idol. A sickness can be an idol. Whatever it is you're pouring your energy into has become more permanent than God in your life. And we have to identify that. So let's look at what Psalms 24 says. I love this. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? What does that mean? Who's going to go to the spiritual level of God higher? Who wants to go higher in Jesus? Are we ready to go higher? We all are. We all want God. But if you want to go to a higher ground, who's going to stand in this holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart and not lift up his soul to an idol. Amen. Every one of us has an idol. So I'm not being self-righteous up here. Amen. God's had to, and I'll, I'm somewhere here I share some of my own. But who, we want to go up in Jesus. We have to be willing to strengthen our spiritual walk with God. What do you need to add to your scales? Maybe it's just getting to church early and finding a place to serve. Amen. This church is, is about to explode. God is moving in such a special way. I just had a, a, a revelation or a vision confirmed. Uh, I'll share it with you really quick, and if we run out of time, it's okay. But um, in 2019's fast, we came out of 2019. We did our 21-day prayer and fasting, remember? And um, I always seek the Lord for visions. This might have been 2018 anyway. I think it might have been. Anyway, I had this vision, and I saw all over the valley was strategic churches placed. And they were not mega churches. They weren't your big known churches. But they were churches that were strategically placed all over the valley that are moving by the Holy Spirit. That are moving with signs and wonders. That are allowing the church to be the church of Jesus Christ. But they're not known or seen yet. And all of a sudden in the spirit, I saw like these explosions from underground happening all over the valley. And it was these little small churches that God says, it's time. 
It's time for the church to show itself. Not one church, churches. Because what God's about to do, he's raising up Christians who say, I want the Holy Spirit. I want his power. I want to have a book of Acts church. There is a great time coming in the kingdom of Jesus. And man, I saw that vision so clear. And I was talking with a, a ministry friend. I don't know if you guys know Mark Sharona. He's been around a long, long time. And he um, was talking to me yesterday. And I was telling him this vision I had about our, our valley and what God is doing. And he said, you're not going to believe this. I just got off with a friend. This will bless you. In the UK, he's a huge pastor there. And he said he just shared the same vision with me about the UK. That there's these little churches that God's going to spring up. And there's going to be a move of God because of little churches. Hey, we're not here to be a mega church. We're here to touch this city for Jesus Christ. And if it means we have to throw people, chairs everywhere, we got to build whatever that looks like. But our mission is Jesus. Amen. Our mission is Jesus. And that's why God wants the church to balance ourselves. We don't have to be so religious that we're legalistic and convicted about everything. But allow the spirit to have room in our busy wheel. Amen. Find a place to serve in the church. Show up ready to worship. Amen. Ask what you can do to be a part of the body and serve in a capacity that advances the kingdom of God. Amen. We need that in the church today. Hallelujah. So we do have some interests and hobbies that are not idols. That's obvious, right? But we also might have some areas that needs, that's important to us that has become dangerous to our soul. Amen. And we need to realize that. I've seen this in the kingdom of God so many times that you see people come to church in their lowest moment. And, boy, God touches them and heals their marriage and, and restores everything. And they begin to give and to serve. And you see this fruit of God. And then everything gets good. And then what happens? You start seeing them wane away, wane away. And my heart's like, no. Not because... I'm trying to be legalistic, like, you better be at church on Sunday. No, because I know the seduction of the idols of the world. When everything feels good is when the world's going to make us look other places than Jesus. And you know what? His grace brings them back, heals them, and restores them, and God is so good. But let's eliminate this journey, amen? And even when it's going good, I'm still going to do the goodness of God in my life. So let's look at these areas of our life, you know, just really quickly. I only have a few more minutes, but, you know, our time, how do we spend our time? I did this little calculation. We have 168 hours in a week. 168 hours in a week. We come to church for an hour and a half. Two at best. Well, I don't have time. I'm too busy. One and a half hours is all we're doing for Jesus to build the kingdom. That's nothing. Let's at least, at least tithe our time to Jesus, amen? Let's at least give him back what's due, what he has given us. And when you put God first in your time, I promise you, he will multiply your time. You will get more done supernaturally in a small amount of time if you say, well, I need all this time. I promise you, time, money, everything that you do on your own will be like sand in your hands. I've been at this a long time. I know, I can say this. But when you put Jesus first... When you put your tithe first, when you serve him first, when you've got your family in, in church, you know, and you're putting him priority, you have buckets of blessings. You can't stop the blessings of God. You can't stop God from pouring out into your life when you put him first. I would rather labor less to receive more from God, amen? 
So where's our, our time, our money, our conversations? Do they only drift in one direction or do our conversations align to the Holy Spirit? Do we always talk about worldly things in politics and never bring Jesus into our conversation? Now, we don't have to walk around with super Jesus on our chest, but Jesus should be a part of our conversation at some point. Somebody's around you 10, 15 minutes, something about Jesus. Amen. What the Lord has done for you in the goodness of God should come out of our hearts. Amen. Amen. All right. So I don't need to talk about any of this. We've already talked about that. Let's go quickly. So for me personally, I'll share this and then we'll get to number two. But for me personally, when I first became a pastor, you know, pastoring as the lead pastor, I craved this approval. You know, I craved um, people's opinions of how I was pastoring and how was that message. I think I drove Quinn nuts every Sunday. It's like, well, what did you think? You think it was good? You think the people was blessed? And I lived in this idol of am I doing well? Do people like me? Or is everybody okay? And it became an idol in my life that, listen, as a pastor, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me. Like I had to get to this place that even the church and the people are not my idol. As long as I'm pleasing Jesus, as long as I'm obeying him and loving God and loving his people, that's all that matters. And it took me probably two years into this thing to finally stop asking, well, what do you think? And you think they were blessed? Not that I wanted a pat on the back. But I was leading insecure. I was looking at this idol of the approval of man instead of I only need the approval of one. Amen. My soul was being seduced to approval instead of just being drawn to the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at this really quick. In Matthew, Mark 10, verse 21, it says this. And Jesus said to this rich man in Mark, he said this. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Like, that's the basis of everything. Listen, when God looks at you, he loves you. And God loves you enough to tell you the truth. That's what I love about God. So he looked at this man who wanted to follow Jesus, right? God wants you to enjoy the things of life and the nice things. And he just doesn't want things to have us. Have it all. Attain it all. God is a cattle on a thousand hills. He's rich. But he doesn't want those things to have us. He has to be priority, right? So Jesus knew as he was talking to him that he loved his things more than he loved him. And Jesus said this to him, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven, then come follow me. God was testing his heart. Now, God's not going to ask you to do it. If he does, that's between you and the Lord. That's not what this scripture is about. But Jesus loved him enough to tell him the truth. Check your heart. Because you say you want to follow me, but are you willing to do the hardest thing and give it away that has become an idol to follow me? And I've learned that when you give it away, God gives it all back to you anyway. Amen? In his, in, in his way. All right. So what happened with that scripture? The Bible says he walked away sad and sorrowful because he couldn't do the thing asked of him. So we have to be careful Listen, we have to understand that the only reason why Jesus would ask something of you, only reason, is if it's become an idol. That's it. Or he wouldn't come and ask. My dad, when he, you know, he's, he was, is an Elvis freak, loves Elvis, comes from that era, and he had this huge chest, and everything that Elvis produced on a, on a vinyl, he had it. He had it, and he loved it. And when he came to Jesus, God said, that's an idol. Now you can go, well, you know, sweeping under the cupboard. I just, I won't listen to it as much, God. 
Like we start compromising with God, don't we? We're like, let's make a deal, God. You know, if I do this. And God told him, sell that. And you know what? He went and he sold every one of those vinyl albums. Why? Because to him, that was an idol before God. Right? So all you have to do is just follow God. It's not even something you have to tell someone. But if God begins to reveal the things, say, God, I give that to you. I give it the family, the job, whatever it is that has become too big, I'm giving it to you and I'm going to let you be my idol. Why? Because my identity is now wrapped in that thing. Now, if that doesn't change, my identity still struggles. Right? If I'm never married and my idols and i got to have a maid, that becomes an idol and now my identity says something's lacking and I can't do and be who God's called me to be as a woman of God. Right? So we've got to crucify those idols in our life. Amen? So how do we do that? Number one, I said, I don't know if I gave you number two. Number one, identify them. Number two, tear them down. It's time to tear them down. And once we identify them and tear them down and we don't mess around, I'm not going to play games. I'm going to get rid of them in my life, right? I'm going to, number three, fill my soul with God. Just fill your soul with God. It's so easy. Psalms 84.2 says, my soul yearns and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Psalms 107.9 says, for God satisfies the longing of my soul and hungry soul, and he fills my thirst for God, fills with good things. Last verse is this, Psalms 42, as the deer pants for the streams of the water, so my soul longeth after you. I thirst for you, the living God. Now, I want to point out very quickly this morning just these key words, the languages that's in David's um, pen as he's writing. He says, I yearn. I long, I thirst for. Like all of these words is a language that we speak more for the world than we do for the language of kingdom. I long to be married. I yearn with loneliness. I long to be successful. I desire to have a great house. I desire for wealth. And none of those are wrong, but the longings and the yearnings are not for the things of the world. Those come after you long and yearn for the Father. We've got it in reverse. Let's quit longing for the things of the world. You are good right where you're at. You can find fulfillment and happiness in a one-bedroom apartment if you have Jesus. You are not incomplete if you are single, amen? You can have all things the word says, but quit longing and yearning for the things of the world. We're not going to crave the world. I'm going to let God fill in me what I'm designed to be filled with. And let me close with this story. It's about a fish that uh, was thrown up on the sand, and uh, a man walked by and said, what can I do to help this fish? And he thought, hmm, I'm going to buy, buy a special little house for this fish, and I'll buy it special gifts and give it cash, and let's see if I can make this fish happy. And everything he did to try to make this fish happy, how many know there was nothing that was going to make that fish happy? No matter what he gave it, no matter what he bought it, that fish was not going to be happy until when? It was thrown back into the water. Until it was put back into what it was designed to function in. Listen, you can be given everything the world has, and you can think that's going to be happy, but that's not what you're designed for. You're designed for worship, relationship with Jesus. Once he satisfies you, listen, everything you're yearning and longing for will begin to come your way. You'll be like a magnet to the will of God. I'm going to close with the song, this words of this song, and it says this. 
Turn your eyes upon Jesus. How many remember this song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Isn't that good? It's a simple switch. Don't get condemned. Don't sweep it under the carpet either. Just allow the Lord to bring the balance in your heart. Amen. Let's go ahead and close our eyes. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you this morning for this message, God. And I know in our flesh, Lord, it's really uncomfortable to hear that we possibly have an idol that has taken place of you. But, Lord, we humbly receive this word today. We humbly receive that, Lord, if there's anything in our hearts that need to be dug out, that needs to be in alignment, we say yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you that no people, no person, nothing can be in the way of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I just feel like the Lord is just saying there's even some that have people that you've idolized in your life. And the Lord says, give them to me. Even people cannot be the idol. Only God can be the resource of your heart, your life, and the voice of God. And Lord, we receive this today. And I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And maybe you're here today and you just need to say yes to Jesus. Maybe you need to come back to the Lord. And maybe you're just here for the first time and you need to say yes to Jesus. God is here for you today. Amen. I want every one of us to repeat this prayer after me to say today. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord be my savior and every idol that is snuck into my heart I renounce it I call it sin and I put the blood of Jesus over all of it in the precious name of Jesus everyone said amen and amen give the Lord a great big praise this morning I love you all and I know you know my heart amen Let's just get rid of the garbage and let God be King of kings and Lord of lords. All right, love you. Welcome, Pastor Paul.